What's up everyone and welcome to yet another instalment of the Justin Insight Podcast. We are now on episode number four, so I haven't given up just yet. Uh, For those newcomers and those of you who do not know me, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling. But the most important thing is I am your body and vehicle guiding you through this podcast. Uh, as always, I like to start these uh, episodes with a little roundup of my week that has gone by. Uh, not sure if anyone cares, but I like to tell you guys anyway. Um, so I had a pretty busy week just gone. Um, had a few press nights uh, with work and pleasure. Starting out with going to see uh, Jim Davidson uh, live in Basingstoke for work. And he was exactly how you'd imagine he is. Um, that's an, all I'm going to say about that. Uh, then I went and saw the musical version of The Commitments and The Mayflower in Southampton. Um, and if you're into that type of thing, I definitely recommend going to check it out. For nothing else, for the appearance of the manic skinhead Mika, who is just incredible. He comes out of left field and completely stole the show. Uh, then rounding off my week, I went and saw a Star Wars-themed metal band called Galactic Empire uh, at the Joiners, and they were just absolutely phenomenal. Came w- out of that show with a massive grin on my face from ear to ear. Um, if you want to read the review of that, you can uh, read it on the Justin Insight website, which is justininsight.wordpress.com. Uh, also, I spent my weekend catching up on all things New Japan Pro Wrestling, because uh, I haven't really watched anything of theirs since... Wrestle Kingdom, uh, keep seeing things flash up, so I thought, got the weekend off, going to delve right in, um, and I'm going to take a leaf from a uh, fellow park podcaster, host of the Tuesday Night Jaws, uh, Jim Smallman, by saying, Lost Unpronounceables are hands down the best thing about wrestling right now. Um, but yeah, again, if you're a fan of wrestling, check out New Japan, and they're doing some awesome things, and shout out to uh, UK talent Will Ospreay, who him and... Uh, Shibata are just doing incredible storytelling at the moment so really looking forward to seeing how that's going. Anyway enough about me on to today's episode. Uh, today I had a chat with Paul Waller who is the vocalist for Kent based doom band Ohms. Um, they're one of the bands who kind of sprung out of nowhere for, for me. They um, I saw them kind of they're one of those bands that you saw on flyers everywhere. You saw your posters, uh, saw your t-shirts but I never actually checked them out but I saw them at Temples Fest, uh, not last year, because obviously it didn't happen, but the year before, um, and they were awesome, and I've kind of been keeping tabs on them ever since. So um, it was really nice to to speak to Paul. Got to speak to him about their new album, The Fall, um, and just uh, uh, like how the Doom scene at the moment is just doing nuts things. Obviously, you have got bands like Monolithian, Bosk, uh, Slab, Dragger, just to just to name a few. After we recorded this episode, Ames actually aired uh, the first track off their new record, which is titled The World. Uh, on the Radio 1 Rock show, um, which Paul mentions in the show. He says, obviously, it's coming up, but that's obviously already happened, so please bear that in mind when you're listening to this episode. Anyway, that being said, uh, enjoy episode four of the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you guys on the other side. we all get going right cool uh so i'm currently joined by paul from ohms and um, how's it going paul yeah it's good i'm at home finished work and that's very good <laughs> yeah I th- i'm pretty much the same literally just got rushed in the door grabbed something to eat and then thought i'd give you a quick call so yeah it's been one of, been one of those days for me unfortunately 
Um, but yeah, obviously, just wanted to have a, a discussion about about the band and kind of one of the things that I always like to do in these interviews is just kind of get an insight of how how the band started. So, how did Ohms come about? Uh, well, I, for a while, I was a, a journalist um, during my sort of teenage years and uh, early twenties. I was in a hardcore band, and um, it sort of got really burnt out on it after a few years. Uh, so became a journalist because uh, music's my passion. Yeah, and um, I, I did, did a few interviews uh, that were so inspiring, and they were telling me um, uh, the people I was interviewing were just saying, "You should, you should, you know, if that's your dream, you should follow it." And uh, so I called the guys uh, that I knew that were mu- musicians locally that weren't in bands, and uh, they were all up for it. So yeah. That's how we joined. Simple as that. Phone call. What what sort of journalism were you doing? Out of interest. Um, uh, just uh, interviews uh, with bands and reviewing records. It's for a. Um, uh, I still do it actually. I do reviews uh, for it's Pe- Penny Black Music, and they're based in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. And, and um, yeah, I'm sort of like one of their rock guys. They got a few rock guys, and uh, I'm one of their rock guys. And um, and as you said, obviously. You- in a band previously so did that kind of give you uh sort of onus to know what you wanted to do going into doing aims it, it really did yeah there's uh it, as i say you, you, i got a bit jaded and it was because we were with hardcore and like the, the the way that sort of um the bands us it's very diy approach and uh doing everything myself um if you tend to have one guy in a, a band that does uh, the main body of work, and as you get more successful, it just it's it takes over your life. And uh, I know it's a bit of a bummer sometimes after year after year you're doing it uh, just constantly. And it is one of those things that I, I sort of knew the pitfalls uh, when coming into this. And when I spoke to the guys, asked them if they would be able to to share the load, and yeah, and that's how we operate. And you kind of mentioned it there, but one of the things that I've kind of read about you guys is that other bands have kind of always praised your kind of work ethic, and obviously you've found a balance throughout the band now, but obviously my first sort of observation of you guys was even, I think, before even you had any music out, so has that kind of been the the Ohm's ethic, so to say, is you've hit the ground running and just gone with it? Yeah, well, we we decided um, from the offset that as soon as we did get signed, which was a complete surprise, um, I, we knew the guy uh, Alex would be at one of our shows, and you know it was like a, that would be amazing if he signed us, uh, sort of thing. And the fact that it happened was a shocker. But at that moment, you know, the the next following week, sort of thing. We said let's let's take it as far and as seriously as we can. And before then, it was uh, uh, just meant to be a, a project for fun. Um, uh, but yeah, you you wouldn't believe how quickly things took off. I mean, with regards to our song lengths, they're, they're so long. It was one of those things that we had more T-shirts than songs, uh, and so people would like see these Ohms T-shirts about, and then just like, like, who are they sort of thing? And then when they did find out, it's like, oh, they've got 
two songs and four T-shirts. Yeah, so it's weird. But, yeah, we, we take it a lot more seriously than than I have any other endeavour that I've done, that's for sure. And did you not know, Alex, prior to, to them signing to Holy Raw then? Yeah, I, I did, but not personally. I knew him in a, a journalist capacity. Uh, I've followed Holy Raw for for years and um i interviewed him um he, he can't remember it at all <laughs> but I, I i interviewed him uh, just because i loved the label and um when we were thinking right should we uh, s- send this off um to people to see what they would think because we were quite happy with the way the recording turned out so we all chose a couple of labels each that we loved none of us thought that holy rule would be interested and then um, when, like, all the other labels got back, um, it's just saying, yeah, I like the music, but the vocals are crap, or um, all the opposite. Um, it was one of those things, well, let's just try as a last resort. Let's try Alex. Let's see what he says. And um, he, he loved it from the off. And obviously, since then, you've kind of worked with him closely on on other releases and obviously the the new record that's coming out is going to be on holy roar again so what can kind of people who are not necessarily familiar with ohms or and people that are what can they expect with from the new record it's uh well i've mentioned that we've our songs have been pretty long so we've done those two eps so far like um each one's two songs and just just over half hour each um, so with the new one, uh, it, it's odd. We didn't think about it when we, we started recording um, and like working the songs up, but a few of them were a lot shorter. Um, compared to, to most other bands, they're still ridiculously long. But, um, yeah, so we, we've got a short song now. It's like five and a half minutes, which is just mad for us. And then um, we've got our longest song on there as well, um, the, the the themes though um, have sort of uh, jetted off a bit. The, the, we were initially just singing about food <laughs> and um, like um, being vegetarian or uh, cruelty to animals, that sort of thing. That's the sort of thing that was turning us turning us on, and um, also about uh, GMO ingredients and things like that. Just uh, an odd aspect to go for which initially was meant to be uh, a purely sort of a doom band um this one things just um things turned a bit more sort of social political and political political um and it, it was an odd turn of events um but at the same time it's really exciting to do new things and um so far, so good. That, that we're so happy with how it's all turned out. Don't know what people are going to think of the shorter songs if they've like liked us because of our long ones. But you know, you got to do what's true. Yeah, of course. And you kind of touched upon it there. Obviously, the the message that you kind of put across on songs. Again, when I first got introduced to your music, something that really stood out to me was the whole sort of uh, animal cruelty thing. Because I'm, I'm a vegetarian myself. Um, right. So that kind of stood stood out to me. So was that? Have you always kind of wanted to portray a certain message through your music? I am. Um, uh, yeah, 
I, I really have. Um, uh, one of those conversations uh, when I was a journalist that I found really inspiring was um, uh, with uh, guys from Crass and also um, Michael from Swans, and it was it was profound um, what they were they were talking to me about, and um, uh, especially with the with Crass, there was um, we were, were really getting into like animal rights, and at the time I. I was um, a meat eater and it just made me think and I, d I just thought if I am going to do a band again, um, you've, you've got to be honest with yourself and just write what what you, uh, ha not just happy with, but you've got to sing it every night. You've got to believe it. You've got to be passionate or else if you're singing about something you're not passionate about. If you're singing about goblins and witches and, and, and you're not, someone that's well into goblins and witches, um, then it's going to seem a bit crap on stage. And maybe that's like the hardcore influence uh, from our past, because we're all sort of like uh, raised in the hardcore scene. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a passion. And one of us, uh, the drummer Max, he's a meat eater. And he, he said the other day in practice, he just said like one of the weird things, I've never been asked about it. Like um, people always like will say after a show and stuff like uh, talk to us about animal rights and whatnot, and that that's that's great fun. But Max is just like nodding his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's ever mentioned uh, or asked him his opinion, which is strange. Yeah, and kind of backpedaling a little bit, go jump so, back to the relationship that you've got with Holy Raw. Obviously, you played there uh, the ten year anniversary show, um, and you're also playing their 420 fest so uh, is it good to have someone that's got such faith in you that they're willing to invest in your music and, and not just that but push you in in the limelight almost yeah I, are you kidding it's, it's incredible um you know it, it's weird like uh, uh i'll give you a couple of instances it was about the, that show where they signed us, um, we we played the show at the Black Heart in London, and yeah. Alex said, "All right, I'll come. I'll come along." Uh, we chatted during the day, and he said, "Like I really like it, but I've got to see you first. And uh, I said, "Come along. We're playing tonight. It's in London." He came along, and by the end of the show, he was gone. And I was like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> you know, uh, I know. and then um, I, I looked. Uh, we went downstairs to get a drink, sort of like uh, just bury our heads in the oh, well. Never mind, it was the yeah, good shot. And there he is, like telling the barmaid that she's just missed the the most amazing band upstairs. And that's that was like what? And uh, then later that night on the way home, he tweeted that he's just seen like his his the favourite UK band and things like that. It was just like oh my word. And then uh, another thing that happened just yesterday is like some of the new T-shirt designs for this new record. Um, uh, Holy Raw do like this pre-sale thing and they give you exclusive T-shirts and stuff. And um, they, they showed me the design uh, and I like to okay it. And I was like, well, no, can we put the Holy Raw logo on there somewhere? And they were, they were like chuffed about that, that we think that way about them. So it, it's a, it's a really great relationship, and um, yeah, I, it's a dream come true being on Holy War, basically. Mm. And again, you've kind of hit what I was going to ask next. Is another thing that's really prominent in in you as a band is your visuals. And as you said, like before, 
when you released music, you have kind of more merch than you did tracks. So, who who kind of comes up with yeah. the who comes up with the visuals for the band, and why do you put so much emphasis on that? Well, um, it, that sort of um, goes back to when I first uh, got into Godspeed, Your Black Emperor, and I, I was pretty much impressed with the music, but more impressed with the amount of effort they put into their art and how it was presented and the whole ethos of the band. Uh, it was something that I'd never thought of before and, until like there it was in front of me with this, this amazing uh, group of people. So when it came around to doing like this conversation, let's do things properly, um, uh, Max, our drummer, is really keen on it as well. It's like, let's present the band visually, how, you know, how you, we would feel the first time we saw that Godspeed uh, album or whatever. So I think we've picked a couple of designers that we were really happy with. And we save our wages to pay to uh, to pay for the the works, and um, we've chosen one particular guy, um, uh, Nico, who lives in Italy. He does black sales design, and um, he, uh, as long as he incorporates uh, animals uh, into the designs, we're more than happy with whatever he sends us. And um, one of one of the things I wanted to do was a, a very long-winded sort of uh, process with this new album is tarot cards. So each month uh, we commissioned him to send us because we're pretty poor uh, one one tarot card per month. So he would design a tarot card, send it over, we'd okay it, and then the next month there'd be another one. And this was for a set of 22, so it went on for 22 months. Uh, so, you know, the, our vision was really clear that long ago for what we wanted for this. And uh, to get that final one through and just to look back at that set of tarot cards that come with this record was incredible. His artwork blows us away. It's, it's weird because he's one of those guys that I remember seeing kind of his work back in like the early 2000s when he did, um, I think it was... Uh, Gold Kids or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in Gold Kids. Oh, okay. And I think so. <laughs> I yeah, think so. and like it's just it's still awesome to see like his work now on, on, on almost like a different kind of genre, but it's still so prominent that you know that's his work kind of thing. It, yeah, he's very distinctive, and unlike. Um, uh, a lot of artists that, that are awesome uh, that we are, can use. He hasn't been um, he hasn't been used up. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like you go to his own, you don't see a lot of. Uh, I think Upriver have used him a few times. Uh, another Holy Raw band, um, but really you don't see a lot of his work uh, in this country, which for us is great because it sort of like. It's something special to us. Um, saying that, this interview probably everyone's going to go, okay, we'll use him. Uh, but yeah, he's a great guy as well. He's like really communi uh, communicative and it's something you really need. If you need uh, something that's done that day, um, you you really want someone that's going to reply and he always does. And uh, we're really grateful for that too. And as you said, mentioned kind of with the, the tarot cards and sort of what you wanted to perceive aesthetically, it kind of sounds like you're 
your process as a band is quite methodical and does that kind of come across in in your writing process because as you say some of your song lengths are sort of 10 minutes plus so how do you shape shape a song so to say uh lyrically it uh it can come either from something i've written when there's no music uh, which has happened a couple of times and we've sort of like i've tried to fit it into what they've written um, but the majority of the time, they'll come up with riffs, shape shape them into sort of segments, and then it'll make me straight away think of uh, something to write about. I've only ever been stuck once, uh, and it was for a song that's on this record, and uh, it was the last minute that we got the lyrics, and it, it's worrying because the song was like 18 minutes, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I've got to write 18 minutes worth of lyrics, but... Um, yeah, it, it worked in the end, but um, it's weird because everything was related to tarot cards. So if I had a subject that I was passionate about and wanted to write about, I would then have to adapt it um, to, to the tarot, which is weird because it's something that I've um, only just in the last couple of years sort of reading up on. And uh, it, it worked, um, but, <laughs> but I don't know how well. well. We'll soon find out what people... kind of seems to be in the uk especially like a resurgence in kind of like doom and um, progressive and uh, droney kind of music obviously bands like yourselves slab dragger conan bosk being at the heart of that uh, have you seen like more people kind of coming to your shows and being interested in your music in in the last couple of years um it, yeah i would say yeah but i think that's purely because like as a band over years you you grow bigger what the great thing was i was going to shows uh, of those bands um before we started and the the great thing is like uh, looking at the audience now as you're seeing t-shirts of all those bands and i know members of all those bands and i played with all those bands and it's it's dead exciting and there is a few uh, in my opinion a few that have broken away from the glut of the the, the hundreds that there is um and i don't know if it's popularity for me that they've broken away in popularity because a lot of them aren't that popular but it's like when you do something slightly different something slightly off kilter from what's expected uh that that really excites me. That and that that's what we're passionate about. Passionate about is that 
although we we are lumped in with this in the same scenes, for instance, all those bands you mentioned, they do uh, something slightly different from every other band within that scene. And that's why you've name checked them. That that's why they're exciting. That's why they've got an audience. Is uh, but you know that you can tell they're being honest and it's passion that, that drives them. Kind of on the same thing as you say, everyone's kind of got their little differences. But from just looking at sort of different lineups and different kind of festivals and things like that, you always kind of yourselves do seem to always kind of get put on bills with Slab Dragger, Conan, and etc. So. <laughs> Does that annoy you, or is it nice to kind of just play with play with those bands? It's it's great. Um, with we, with those bands, um, and I'm sure they feel exactly the same way. It'd be great to to break away um, and um, venture into other things. I know Conan have that they're big enough now to be able to get on bills with um, massive bands um, and. Uh, it's all the Iron Maidens and things at festivals and, and, and that that's great so uh, that that's as a band that's what we aim for I want to uh, personally expand our audience but I don't want to alienate um, the audience that we've already got I mean if we we get a tour for instance with Bosk um, then I'm dead excited about that and fair enough our fans may be uh, or I say fans, people that like our music uh, might be the exact same people that like their music. Um, but at the same time, so what? You know, that, that's great. And hopefully, you know, people that like us would not have heard of Bosk and then find Bosk and, and vice versa. It's one of those things that I reckon I would love to, to do it, but you've got to be offered it. Um, and we tried uh, with this European tour that we've got coming up. We tried to to get shows with other bands uh, of other ilks, just to see what it's like to play in front of uh, other audiences. But it's difficult. Promoters don't really want to book it. Like um, uh, with, with this recent European tour, again, promoters are not keen to put you with. Um, a band, let's say, like uh, for us to go with a band like Black Peaks or something, it just promoters would not be happy with it at all. And um, I, I don't know, we're not willing to to adapt our music to fit in um, with other other styles of bands. We just play what naturally comes to us. And if people pick us up and promoters pick us up uh, and say, "Well, do you mind playing on the bill?" Then we'll say, "Yeah, we'll play whatever." Yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I, as I say, I would love to uh, do it, but we've got to be offered it. Yeah, and because uh, I remember I read somewhere previously is that obviously with your kind of music it is an acquired taste. But as you say, you want to play with those other types of bands. So is it about kind of winning over a new audience and opening them up to to what Ohms is? I think so. I think the the, the thing that makes us a little bit different is um, we've got clean vocals uh, for the majority of the time. Uh, at least 95% of the vocals are clean and you can understand the words. And, and also, like, there's a lot of melody in there. There's a lot of earworming. And and that that's great, you know, and it's really tricky to do that with a 22-minute song. Um, 
and, and it's something that I really work on. I've got a massive love of pop music and uh, or eighties and seventies pop, and it's um, it really crosses over into the the, the the melodic way I write. Whereas Max will have his interests some more in um, off kilter and acute noise and things like that. So with all these different things, I just wonder sometimes how anyone likes us. Like how how can you get into a band that's so strange? Um, and we do demand a lot. Uh, what just to to listen to a song which goes from one thing to another and still sort of all ties in it's a big ask and uh, i'm glad people have done it but i'd say we'll see with the new record i don't know yeah and because you've boy i've got to ask what are the what are the pop influences then oh i it's, it might be embarrassing to say but definitely um simon Le Bon. Um, his singing style although it's really nasally the way he phrases he phrases incredibly well, and I love it. Um, uh, oh, there's so many. Um, hey, I, I, again, I've, I've, I think I've said this before, but with um, mid-era Duran Duran, sort of up to Notorious, and after the first album, um, I rip so much of that stuff off. It's ridiculous. Um but yeah, it's just little things. Prints I've ripped off so many times, just like little vocal tweaks here and there. And um, uh, for for the harmonies, it's uh, it's been a lot. I've watched we watched a documentary uh, on tour, a Beach Boys documentary, and it singled out their the way they do harmonies, and then. In the van, the next day, we were all, like, trying to harmonise and, like, uh, and that's worked out, so we've included that in there. So all these sort of things, like, spring up from, like, just a love of pop music, but at the same time, you know, we're not pop music. It's weird. And, um, obviously, you mentioned, kind of, bands like Conan and things going off to do, like, big festivals and things like that, and you've, you've played a couple of festivals yourselves, yeah. but which do you... Do you prefer playing on like the bigger stages, or do you prefer the more kind of intimate shows where you're you're kind of in the face of the crowd almost? I think I'm the only one of the five of us that prefers the big shows. Yeah, uh, they they were a bit strange about it. They were yeah, for, like um, I'll give you an example, like Arc Tangent. Um, we were on the main stage. We were sort of bumped up, and we were, I was so proper excited about it. Uh, we were originally playing at the, the small stage sort of in uh, in a corner somewhere, and then someone pulled out, and we were invited to play the main stage. Awesome. So I, I was set up just ready to go because I just want to be heard by as many people as possible. Um, and sort of Chaney was like, uh, just before we went on, Chaney, our bass player, he was – making excuses so like he's like i'm just gonna go to the toilet and i'm like they called us to play and he's all right and then we just saw him like um weeing against the fence it's like what are you doing it's like we're we're five minutes late now and he goes i'll be there in a minute you can tell like from that it's like it's not nervousness but it's like it's not keen on it and it's the other guys they're they're they prefer those in your face shows like you mentioned the the 10th anniversary show 
small one. And there was two stages to that. There was a massive stage and there was a smaller stage. And we were playing the smaller. Those guys were made up. And I think that was the perfect size for them. And um, at one point, I remember someone in the front row singing, uh, singing the song back at us. And I, I saw Chaney's face at the time. He was so made up about it. And uh, so I can I totally see why he prefers that or they prefer that sort of thing. But, yeah, for me, as many people as possible, I'm happy to play in front of as many as I can. So is, is that the main reason you, you like playing the bigger stages? Because you've got a wider audience, or is it a, a case of that it, it feels grander almost? Uh, it's a bit of both. You know, it's probably a lot cooler to say that, um, yeah, it's just the small stages or whatever and that, you know, to be one with the uh, the audience. But, um I, I I love doing that and I love playing the big ones. It's just I prefer the bigger ones. I prefer to be able to, to look back like a, a, that Temple show we played and like I, I can't see the end. That was awesome. Uh, you know, and like to have people up the stairs like uh, and just, just trying to catch a glimpse of you. Like we've all been in a situation where we've uh, tried to see bands, but maybe you haven't but I'm so short that if I'm not in the row I can't see anything and um, there was people like jumping up and down trying to see us and stuff and I loved that that, that's awesome Uh, for for me it's great and like um, we've played a few overseas as well festivals Uh, still sort of mid-range festivals like uh, one and a half thousand to two thousand people but love it absolutely love it and want to play more for sure. And kind of on, on the flip, obviously, the, the tour you've got coming up next month, it's kind of going the opposite way, that you're playing these smaller venues again. So what what was the reasoning behind to do uh, like a smaller run shows? And is there any particular shows that you're looking forward to? <laughs> yeah, it's going to make me out to be a complete liar now. But yeah, that, that whole thing was my idea. Uh, I, I asked the uh, the management uh, if they could sort out uh, a tour where we were playing places that we hadn't played before, um, which inevitably means it's going to be smaller places. Like I think we've got Coventry and Basingstoke we haven't been before. Um, and even though Swansea is like a, a, a city, we've never been there before. So it's just like anywhere that we haven't played before. And there was a few... Uh, that they couldn't fill with places we haven't played, so we, we decided to play the smaller places we had played before. And um, I'm glad that Mammoth Weed, uh, the band we're touring with, were happy to do that as well, because um, I really want to see see them on every night, because I love their records. Um, but they were cool with it. And, yeah, it's just one of those things that... Um, like when bands get to a certain size and, you know, we're not big in any way, shape or form, but we can play slightly bigger venues now. But before we do that, and we've got loads of them shows lined up for later in the year. So that was cool. But we both, we all had a look at our, uh, again, we all work. So we all had a look at when we're not working. And this week, was a week where we could all go out on tour so we said let's do it so yeah on the phone organized it and management said we're, we're happy to organize it so uh, that's great we can play all these places we've never played meet new people yeah what's not to love about yeah. that? <laughs> um and 
you mentioned obviously you've got kind of some of the bigger shows lined up for later on in the year um but have you got any other sort of particular plans at the moment yeah well this weekend sunday um is gonna be which depends when you listen to this so probably not but this kind of weekend we've got our first song being aired on radio one um of the new record which is which is going to be exciting and hopefully get some feedback from people what they think about it um maybe from yourself uh, but yeah so that's exciting so we've got that coming up and then with the tours they're going to be announced next week so maybe by the time this goes out that they'll be announced um but there's there's bands that we've mentioned uh already tonight that we're going on tour with and there's uh, other bands that we're not mentioned that we're going on tour with and there's a few festivals lined up as well um we're going to sweden and denmark places we've not been before and just to be offered those things that's just amazing like uh, on, honestly when i was um uh, in in the hardcore bands back in the day it's just like to, just to be to sort out like a, a week in in uh in Europe was madness. It was, it was doing my head in. And then for people now to get, just contact us and say, can you play this? We'll, we'll pay for you to get there, you know, and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. And it's, it's, I, I love it. Do that. <laughs> it's, it's the best feeling in the world. And it's, it's, I, I love it. Oh, ironically, I've kind of been in that boat because uh, the band I'm in, we're looking to go over to mainland Europe some point this year. And as you say, it's just a nightmare trying to get people to even listen to your band. So kudos to you guys for, for getting people to offer it to you. It's only just started to happen. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that it just, uh, as you said earlier, as long as you are right, what I find is that that the first year is a write-off. If you if you've not got like money going into the band, then forget about it. You've got to play for nothing or very little. Sometimes you don't even get enough for petrol. It just I reckon you just got to pummel it and uh, just get 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 out there and just be as passionate and as good as you can be. And after that year. Uh, if you're if you are still into it and friends as a band, then everything pretty much then is plain sailing. I think don't don't you find that? I just think if you if you go for it in that first year, if you if you can stick together and still be friends, then pretty much everything else has got to be easy. Oh yeah, definitely. I t- I, I totally agree. And um, Paul, last sort of question. Well, it's not really a question, but just to sort of round <laughs> round everything off. Is there anything else that you particularly like to say or like to plug about the band um yeah um again i just want to talk about uh, or just mention these tarot cards as i say i'm so happy with them we got the final ones that uh the, the final ones come through uh, about a month ago and i've been really uh, i don't know the word but so keen for people to just finally look at them because i'll say this artwork is something that i was just blowing me away bit by bit and i've been for two years, I've not been able to show people. <laughs> yeah. It's been hard. But, um, yeah, so each day we're putting some on Instagram now, and um, uh, there'll be a reveal of them all uh, in a couple of weeks on Facebook. And then with the pre-orders, as I say, you can buy packs 
Um, so even if you're not particularly into the band and you just like uh, decent artwork <laughs> and stuff, just have a look at these tarot cards. They're, they are great. And I, if you're a band, uh, hopefully not in England, then um, yeah, definitely uh, look up Black Sales Design because he's got it going on. Perfect. Paul, thank you very much uh, for your time. And I'm hopefully going to try and get to one of your shows over in February. Might be in Basingstoke, might be in, in Brighton. So yeah hopefully catch you guys soon yeah man let me know and we'll get you on the list perfect okay, so let me know where you want to go yeah brilliant cheers for that paul all right no all worries right. take, take care. care bye bye so there you have it another episode in the bag four done many more to come uh, thanks again to Paul for taking the time to speak to me. Uh, it was really cool to hear about the band's concept with the tarot cards for the new record and how much uh, effort the band put into the aesthetics, not just for of their music, but everything they put into, obviously, the design of the record, uh, these little tarot cards, merch designs. It's just really cool that bands still think about those kind of things. Um, as well as releasing their debut full-length, uh, The Fall, which is coming out on Holy Raw Records, on March 31st, uh, they will be touring for pretty much on and off for the best part of two and a half months, uh, starting this weekend. Uh, so between February 11th and the 18th, they will be touring with Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard. God, that was a mouthful to say. Then from April 12th to the 15th, they'll be on the road with Hark. Uh, and then finally on April 20th, they'll be doing a show with Bosk, having a short little break and then joining them again uh, on May 12th, 13th and 14th. If you want to keep up with everything to do with the band, find out what's going on with them, uh, you can find them on Facebook, uh, forward slash Ohms the Band. On Twitter, it's at Ohms the Band. Uh, on Instagram, if you search Ohms the Band, it will come up. Uh, as always, you can get in touch with myself on Twitter, uh, which is at just underscore and underscore insight, uh, using the hashtag JAIPod. Uh, or you can drop me an email, which is just underscore and underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the Justin Insight podcast. Um, we're looking to do another roundtable wrestling discussion uh, for WWE's Elimination Chamber event, which is coming up this Sunday. So that's more than likely going to be our next episode. Uh, but for now, thanks again for listening, and I will see you very soon. 